Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of How Not to K-Pop with Sean and Henry. Today, Henry, I'm seeing double. Double? Tell me about this double. That or you need glasses, but yeah, continue. <laughs> <laughs> Double S501 are the group we're diving into today. If you don't know them, you might know Boys Over Flowers, just this tiny little indie drama that launched this boy group into superstardom. We'll be talking names and numbers. Uh, before you continue, I don't think yes. Boys Over Flowers is actually that small, was it? No. <laughs> That's <laughs> the joke. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, man. I don't watch I don't watch these dramas. Alright, I don't like boys and flowers. Okay, not a fan. All right. (laughs) We'll be talking names and numbers, rumors against the members, Kim Hyun-jun and Kim Hyung-jung, their success in Japan, and would they be successful if they debuted today? Let's bring it in. They debuted under DSP in 2005 with five members, Kim Hyun-jung, Kim Hyung-jun, Hyo Young-sung, Kim Kyu-jong, Park Jung-min, with the EP Warning. Never Again went number one, that's the song. 2007, <laughs> they officially debut in Japan with Kokoro, or Ha. Sorry, but when, when you said Never Again went number one, so, <laughs> so it sounds like they went number one and then Never Again. <laughs> like, it's the only time they they topped the charts. It, it was short-lived success, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yes, because uh, in, in all fairness, uh, not in all fairness, uh, I think it's because... They just don't know which one's Kim Hyun Jung and Kim Hyun Jin. Because <laughs> I'm having tongue I'm sorry, twister. Out tongue twister, if ever I heard one. <laughs> so from 2007 onwards, they have this pivot to Japan. So super quick, only two years after debut, they release a few more albums: a self-titled Japanese album, Deja Vu. Their popularity, they're gaining it. It's pretty steady. Then 2009. Hana Yori Dongo, the Korean adaptation of Boys Over Flowers. It airs, it stars the Double S501 member Kim Hyun Jung, and it takes off. So suddenly, Double S501, superstars. Park Jun Ming and Kim Hyun Jung are busy with other activities like modeling and musicals. So Double S301 are formed with the remaining members, and they release the song You Are Man. Some success. Well, to uh, stuff starts taking off, basically. 2010, DSP says contracts are expiring. All the members are going to different agencies, putting the group on hiatus. Okay. So Kim Hyun Jung signs with Key East Entertainment. Park Jung Min joined CNR Media. Kim Hyun Jun with S Plus Entertainment. And Ho Young Sang and Kim Kyu Jong both signed with B2M Entertainment. Hold up. So, different agencies. Are they on hiatus or they're effectively disbanded? Sure, they're not saying, oh yeah, we're done, but as their actions show, they're pretty much done as Double S501. All right, so. So, continuing the story, uh, in the years post their contracts expiring, Kim Kyu Jong, Park Jung Min, and Kim Hyung Jun all pursue solo careers in Japan. They're acting in dramas, musicals. They're releasing music a little bit. Hyo Young Sang and Kim Hyun Jung, they remain in Korea. Hyo Young Sang releases some solo albums to some success. Personally, I really like them. Definitely check them out. 2014, the saga of Kim Hyun Jung that we're going to go into begins. An ex-girlfriend accuses him of assault. 
the double S members, double S 501 members, they don't appear with him. He's effectively separated from the group from this point onwards. 2016, double S 301 unit make a surprise comeback and release a mini album called Eternal 5. 2017 to the present, they've gone to the military. Uh, recently, Young Sung and Kim Kyu Jong performed as part of the Chuseok celebrations just this year. So they're sort of somewhat active. To this day, they're not completely gone like some other groups. Yeah, like some other groups. But like some <laughs> other groups, in my opinion, their name is questionable. <laughs> <laughs> right. And I believe these questionable names for a group uh, don't last long. <laughs> there's a correlation is that if your name isn't that good you don't last that long that's an interesting thought <laughs> well i'm sure we could think of some groups where the name is just completely stupid but they still do well but it's oh, very, very rare <laughs> yeah <laughs> fair cool so <laughs> let's break it down the name okay. okay the first s it stands for superstar the second right. s it's an abbreviation for singer and the combination of five zero and one to make double s 501 symbolizes Five members united as one forever. So what's the zero? How much I care about the name. <laughs> <laughs> like immediately there's a bloody, there's a, there's a loop, not a loophole. <laughs> okay. A the, loophole? The zero, <laughs> there's not a loop, hey, uh, because the zero is a hole. Uh, the, oh, that okay. doesn't make sense. It's missing, it's, it's missing the meaning of the full name because they don't mention the zero. In, in general, numbers in a name, I, I don't know, Korea had this phase of putting numbers in names, like 2PM, Patoost, uh, 4 Minute, you know, all these groups suddenly came out with uh, numbers, so the number 4, the number 2 in 2PM, the number 2 in Patoost, because why not? Mm. And if you uh. notice nowadays, it's actually evolved into everything is with letters. We've got 17, twice, <laughs> Pentagon, isn't that, that's just an interesting thing I observed Wait, whilst I was researching. Pe Pentagon is a full word, not 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 just like, like, uh, anic not anecdotal, what am I talking about? It's geometric. Um, abbrev abbreviate, not abbreviations. What do you, what do you call when you just use <laughs> abbrev abbreviate? Pen Pentagon <laughs> means, it, it's, it's a whole word, it's a noun. It's, it's a whole word, no, but I'm talking about like, if you use P-N-T-G-N or Pentagon. You know what I'm saying? Like shortening it with just letters. Oh, they take out the vowels. Yeah, or like using initial, like initials or stuff like that, just to make it more unique to stand out from uh, all the other groups that just use a typical English word. Instead, they just use they just either cut out letters to shorten it or add in numbers. Not totally. Double S five one period when they add numbers in to like represent or to uh, you read the two instead of T O O. Right? They're trying to like, be the cool kids. Is that what like you're beast. saying? Like Beast, mm. where two in Beast does not make sense because a two takes over the letters of E and A. So how is it Beast when it's spelt Batoost with the number two? Double S501 at least makes sense when you read it like that, double S501, but the zero makes no sense. <laughs> what? You're and right. BTS. Right. <laughs> this BTS is behind well, the scenes. Look, in general, the numbers in the names, they're silly. Uh, they're just stupid, and often they don't have much meaning. Like four, four minute. They've got five members. So what? Do, yeah. what, what does four minute? 
Well, what? <laughs> because it only takes four minutes to save the world. Ah, dicka dicka four to. minutes. Ah. It only takes four minutes. <laughs> I'm sorry, Justin Timberlake, Madonna. <laughs> four minutes. Nice. Continue. All right. I'm old. So to me, the only time groups should be using numbers, and this includes twice, mm. is to identify how many members. And that's where the five in S five hundred one I think actually makes sense. Yeah, the five, yes. The zero, no. You <laughs> yeah. haven't told me what the hell the zero means. <laughs> I guess it can't be double S five to one or double S five to one. It's double S fifty one. Five one, you know, five uh, five members united as one. Five one. It's just that when you write it, it'll be fifty one. So, sure. Why can't it be five SS one? Why why can't it just be letters? Like BTS? Yeah. When I when I when I BTS, I thought it's in English it meant behind the scenes. Who who cares? It's still catchy. <laughs> it's still memorable. Behind the scenes, my god. Uh you know, I think BTS is a better name than Double S Five Hundred One. I stand by that. I call that defamation. How dare you? <laughs> I'm numberist. <laughs> yeah, no, but like, I think letters are not as good as numbers. I think they should bring back numbers. Numbers have that nostalgia. They'll bring back the people who used to listen to music but don't. Or at least the cl- the current music. You know, it's too trendy. But the numbers, man. Remember when we wrote in a. Where we shorten when you write in text messages, nobody writes in full words and perfect grammar anymore. Oh, fair, fair. Yeah, you gotta go U with the letter U, and um, like what do you call it? Leet speak. At one point, they yeah. you write like a hacker. So basically, full names—they're <laughs> too long. Screw full letters. Let's just have letters and numbers to oh, shorten even, things. In, even better, they should use like uh, the tilde, the comma, the asterisk. <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the, those colons and uh, uh, those lines that you find on a keyboard where it's a straight line, you've got like a, a Imagine performing as a group with a question mark. We are dog. <laughs> Big rumors happened at Double S 501. I'm going to go through a smaller one. And this will all be over in like a minute because it was very short-lived. It was over the course of a year and a half. In March 2019, Kim Hyun-jun accused of sexual assault that took place in 2010. So in 2019, someone came forward with this story that happened in 2010. That after a few drinks at a bar, Kim Hyun-jun went back to this lady's place and she was assaulted there. September 2020, the woman was found guilty of defamation and false accusation in a court. So this rumor was obviously false and an attempt, in my opinion, to just take down Kim Hyun-jun and it's it's damaging. You don't rumors are vicious in that way that they can ruin someone's career and life. So it was kind of nice to see a story where this person's false accusations it came to light that they were false and justice was properly served. You know, well, that's what happens when you become a superstar. You know, everyone and anyone what close to you or people, even people you don't even know, like they just they just saw you from across the room. Suddenly, you're going to hear something from them, you know. It's well, this life, it's not mine. I don't really lead this celebrity life. I know, shocking, (laughs) (laughs) but I am Uh, sure I would mess this up, get cancelled, and have to live in a cave for the rest of my life. Well, now that we're putting uh, our voices on air and people know our names, 
There's no at some point there's gonna be a rumor about you, Sean. They're gonna be like, oh, sure, we we saw Sean out with another girl. Oh, let's quickly tell Nicole. Not that they'll sound like that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you're gonna get some. You're gonna get some uh, heat, man. You're gonna get some heat. And then Nicole's gonna come knocking at your door, which is very weird because you two live together. All right, cool. <laughs> tune in for uh, tune in for 2021, where I get cancelled and have to leave. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> how not how not to podca- podcast that's uh, that's the next next series and uh will be episode one but yeah um <laughs> let's be honest here when you get famous definitely getting rumors or oh, you're gonna get a lot of it and then people you know without enough information or with the right information whether it's you know true or false they'll believe it and then your life is suddenly in the hands of people you don't know until you stand up and say no. We actually cover that kind of thing almost every week on this pod, that, yeah, rumours can be tricky to handle properly, and they can also be quite damaging, like IU uh, with Unhyuk and just all of it. It can be quite a messy place to be in, having rumours okay. thrown out there about okay, so first, first of all, IU and Unhyuk was together, and it was just the one occasion that ruined... The not career, but the ruined the uh per, personality, the the image of Unhyuk com, near completely. Whereas Ayun was Ayun was more or less fine afterwards, fair, but that was just fair. one occasion. I, I know that uh, Tiara rumors would circulate before bullying Girls Day. Uh, their right. their their attitude problem during uh, one of the uh, online online uh shows variety shows i believe right so rumors mate rumors and they and they keep spreading people either spread it or they bring it back up over time far out man time (laughs) to move on to the saga so kim hyun jung i labeled this kim hyun jung is a naughty boy that's really that's that's a really uh incorrect statement because naughty just seems very sexual Right, as as you'll find out, it isn't true. But let's take it from the top. 2014, Kim Hyun Jung is accused of assault by his former girlfriend, Che. Che accuses him of repeatedly assaulting her and bruising her arms, chest, face, and butt, including a fractured rib. They've been dating for a few months at that point. Label Key East, because Kim Hyun Jung's label at the time, argue it wasn't repeated assaults, however there was an incident where there was a physical altercation. Kim Hyun Jung is questioned by police and apologises to Che. Hello, this is Kim Hyun Jung. No, it's not, it's me reading Kim Hyun Jung's statement. (laughs) (laughs) Continue. Quote, Through this incident, I have caused serious mental and physical injuries to a person that I have trusted and loved for two years, and I am deeply sorry for that. I feel deeply embarrassed of myself for doing things a man should not do. As this whole case is a consequence of my wrongdoing, that person has no reason to be criticised. I apologise to her once again, and I want to express my apologies to her family and friends as well. Above all, I hope she will accept my apology and forgive me. I will learn from this incident by doing my best to live a more well-behaved and healthy life. In 2015, January... Kim Hyun Jung is fined 5 million won, that's about 4,800 US dollars, for two cases of assaulting his now ex-girlfriend. Two other cases were dropped. Now at this point, 
because I lived through this and I was aware of him at this time, I cancelled them. I'm like, Kim Hyun Jung, screw you, I'm I'm out. <laughs> cancel culture. What? That's that cancel culture? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That cancel culture. I was back right in, in on it. Back in twenty fifteen, man. Far out. Look at you. And as we'll find out why later on, I feel super ashamed for doing that. Yeah, that's later on though. But like when you heard the that news up until what, January twenty fifteen, how how did you feel? Why cancel? You know, obviously, as any normal person is, I'm against violence in general, but hitting your girlfriend who trusts you is just very or anyone that ch- trusts you, like your child, that's just really completely not cool. And to me, there's no actual reason to do that, pretty much ever. Mm, mm. No, I, I agree. That's a uh, that, that's dangerous territory, mate. And that's why I was like, Kim Hyun Jung, no, not cool. Screw you, I'm out. And I literally then and there stopped listening to Double S Five Hundred One, who I was pretty a fan of. I bought some of their CDs. So, but the story continues. March 2015. <laughs> che informed Kim Hyun Jung that she is pregnant. To this, Kim Hyun Jung and his parents and Miss Che communicated multiple times via phone calls and face-to-face meetings. They agreed on a hospital for Miss Che to have her pregnancy status re-examined as well as receive prenatal care. However, Miss Che refused this. And now she can't be contacted by Kim Hyun Jung. So Kim Hyun Jung, sort of in response to this information, relays that should Miss Che's pregnancy be confirmed, he will take responsibility for it. So basically, we've got a situation where there's an assault case going on, and the person who's accusing him of assault is now pregnant, most likely with his child. Wait, 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 wait. hold on, hold on. Was it? But wasn't the case pretty much, like, finished? Two cases were dropped. He's already paid the, what, uh, 5 million won or about 4,800 US dollars. So the thing about those cases is it goes through an appeals process afterwards because the two cases that were dropped especially, Miss Che would be like, wait a sec, no, and appeal. So that's sort of what's going on. Right. Right. So May 2015, the ex-girlfriend sues again for 1.5 million US dollars, 1.5 billion won for psychological harm and a miscarriage. Here's a statement. The other party has stated that she received treatment at a hospital following her miscarriage, so we'll be checking those records first. That's Kim Hyun Jung's attorney. He continues, first off, the pregnancy itself was her claim, and second, the miscarriage is also her claim. Nothing has been confirmed. Ms. Che has said that she received a separate treatment following her natural miscarriage around June of last year, 2014. We are currently looking into the truth at that hospital through the court. Finally, Kim Hyun Jung's attorney said, if there's no truth to Ms. Che having received treatment at the hospital, our side will prepare to file a lawsuit for blackmail. And Kim Hyun Jung's basically, his attorney's doing all the work because Kim Hyun Jung is off to the military mid-2015 in May. Yeah. That's uh, two. And then uh, I believe military service is about two years as well. So that's quite a quite a while. And this is back in what? So the assault was back in let's see, let me just scroll back up. 2014. 
It's now 2015, mid, no, mid-March 2015. It's now May. It's now May 2015, yep. So it's a year already, and it's more cases being added on, or at least bringing back those cases that were originally, uh, what, uh, that were... uh, Right. And as with, in general, when a case is brought against you, obviously your attorney denies it all, so Kim Hyun-jung they say is innocent of all of these claims. Nevertheless, it's found that Kim Hyun Jung gave her a settlement of 600 million won uh, regarding all of this assault and miscarriage matter. Right, right. So he's already sort of given some money, which, I mean, I'm not saying that makes him look guilty. I'm just saying that he's already tried to settle it with this person. Mm. Yeah, so it's a matter that, Miss Che clearly isn't happy with what she's received. She feels it's a disservice or a miscarriage of justice. Kim Hyun Jung, off to the military. Is that that surprising? Because as we've seen throughout the years in the genre of K-pop, idols do that when things heat up, when there's a little bit of negative attention being thrown at them. I don't know, man, but I think uh, the only times I know about, uh, what do you call it? Military service is BTS getting out of military service so that they could perform. But no, I don't, I don't know of any groups or idols that escape to military. First time for me, first time. I don't really listen to Double Five Hundred One. Insane, insane that you know. Do they? I don't know, Sean. You, you know this group more than I do. Uh, you probably so, know a few more of the older groups as well. Here's so. the thing. Here's why I can't really say because. No one has out and out said that's the reason. Therefore, innocent until proven guilty. I am merely noticing coincidences and trying to put them together. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For example, Sungri. When Sungri was facing certain accusations regarding his clubs. You're talking about Big Bang Sungri. Yeah? Yes, Big Bang Sungri. Yes. When yep. he was facing accusations of things happening in his clubs that were illegal and him even being involved, suddenly other articles start popping up saying, Sungri to enlist in the military. So for me personally, when I see that information in that order, that way, I'm like, oh, so he's running off to the military. However, so, you're right. You make a good point that possibly this is a, it's no correlation. Possibly he'd been planning this for years and years. He's like, oh yeah, this year I'm going to the military. I don't know. Uh, That's the I thing. I didn't, I didn't make such a point. <laughs> I don't know where you pulled that out from. <laughs> you got my <laughs> gears turning to think that way. <laughs> you're showing words in my mouth. Stop it. How could you? I'm going to sue you. Nah. Uh, here's the other thing. Would you think that uh, escaping to military service, the reason why they purposely choose military service to escape to is because it's also protection there, much more than if they were just to hide away at home. I would argue that. I am yeah. speculating, but I would argue that, yeah. And fact is, it looks good. You going to the military is a noble thing. Like, who would look on that unfavorably? Well, hold up. If you are like a sex offender and you go to military service in Korea... No, no, suddenly... no, no, no. That's, that's different. <laughs> Positively? What? That is different. Okay, sure. Okay. But, but for uh, an okay. idol? Yeah. I'd say it's quite a noble thing. Here's the other thing. In regards to Big Bang Sungri, yes, that'll be in another upcoming episode on how not to K-pop. So that's something to look forward to. Uh, with Kim Hyun-jung in SS501, however, that's already gone 
we're that's already done because that's 2015 to what 2017. Right, he's and, back. Uh, yeah, so he's back. he he's went back. back in 2017, but his case was mm. going through the courts until 2016. On August 10th, 2016, the Seoul Central District Court stated that it could not accept Chase's assault and miscarriage statements as true and ordered 100 million won to be returned to Kim Hyun-jung. So this court's found that Kim Hyun-jung is innocent, that Che Che's claims of assault and miscarriage untrue. September 22nd, Kim Hyun-jung is acquitted of the charges of all charges filed by his ex-girlfriend. The prosecution found out that none of the charges filed by Che were valid. The prosecution also decided that the charges of Kim against his former girlfriend cannot be deemed a false accusation because the text messages that were leaked to the media showed contradictions of Che's claims. So they actually cannot... So the charges of Kim Hyun-jung against his former girlfriend cannot be deemed a false accusation because the text messages that were leaked to the media showed contradictions contradictions of Che's claims. So it's almost like a reversal. What Kim was saying was the truth in a way because Che had contradicted herself. Mm. It also judged that the text messages of Che's mother showed behavior associated with blackmail. So, so Kim Hyun-jung, he was put through the runner, but now, in a way, the truth, I guess, has come out and a court has found, oh, he's actually innocent. Right, right. So the assault case, done. But when it came to the next cases that uh, Miss Toy or Che tried to file and whatnot and to bring up the miscarriage, that was all used as blackmail, so it wasn't true. Right. And I want to I wanna bring back the fact that at this point, Kim Hyun-jung has already paid 600 million won to this individual. So, you know, I think there is some grounding for that claim that he was blackmailed. Oh, yeah. No, mm. And the fact that most likely, because they were not able to actually get in contact with uh, Mr. Che. Is it Che or Toy? You wrote C-H-O-Y, right? O-I. Yeah, just uh, my pronunciation is garbage. So I'm sticking <laughs> with Che. I'm doubling okay. down on Che. <laughs> All right. So it's spelled uh, C-H-O-I, but uh, Sean's going with Che. So we'll stick with Che for now. Uh, but yeah, so it would seem it's blackmail and the assault did not affect the miscarriage. That's what it was. And even though he paid, what, six, what, six million? No, 600 so, million? I just want to point out, according to a court, it right. could not accept Che's assault and miscarriage statements as true, meaning there was no miscarriage, first off. There was no Ooh. assault, according to the court, as far as yeah. the court could determine. Also, I'm also reading, just going back to it, was the fact that they, at one point they couldn't actually get in contact with Miss uh, Choi as well. And right. so when you don't have the full truth to it, and then the fact that Kim Hyun-jung has already uh, officially, officially apologized for something, the assault, uh, case the assault charge because that was true and now he's given the 600 million won because he probably thinks that might also be true that's why she's doing all this and bring it bring all of it back up and now he's now he's lost he's lost a lot of stuff he's lost time he's gone to the military for two years by the way so that time in the military you know avoiding the public uh, avoiding uh, any sort of discrimination defamation or whatever continued rumors trying to get away from this problem with uh, his ex. And, and also, that, uh, I want to 
just say that his sponsorships and stuff fell through. Uh, endorsements, mm. all those contracts, you know, they're gone now. Yeah, all the time he could have used to actually make music or even, you know, continue his career, mm. all gone. All gone because of the this one person. Because and, I cancelled him, yeah. <laughs> and it was and it wasn't it wasn't to do with the it wasn't to do with the assault case because that was done. Mm. That was pretty much in a way settled. It was the blackmail that came after and that oh Jesus man. Uh, again, I don't this is what happens when you become famous, man. I don't I don't And one day here's, we're here's gonna have this rumor. So oh, I you're gonna have a miscarriage. Jill's <laughs> gonna have a miscarriage. What's Nicole gonna do? I, I think that so to me what's scary about this whole story is so I'm a fan of them or I was and mm-hmm. I read about the assault case and I cancel them and I don't learn about the outcome of the court case until 2020 when I research them again and I'm wondering how many people are just like me that cancelled them and then didn't actually follow up they didn't research and find oh wait He's innocent. It's fine. <laughs> hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. You cancelled them originally. Originally, it was during the period where it was it was about the assault charge. Yeah. Right. Yep. But you did. But after there was no mention about the miscarriage or uh, the pregnancy. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it that. just got. Yeah. I I remember the pregnancy thing. I'm like, oh man, this is just getting worse and worse. Oh. <laughs> so it's, 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 in a way, it was in. It was kind of like enforcing or making you agree that you were making the right decision to cancel this guy. It was reinforcing that view. And the court cases were only resolved, you know, a couple years later. So, and you know how fast K-pop moves. Like, I think yeah. a lot of people had just moved on and been like, oh, they were a thing. Now. <laughs> yeah. It, it, was during a, it was during a time when numbers in your name made you famous. <laughs> <laughs> Now it's all letters. <laughs> You're right. That does date it. So once again, I'm completely ashamed and feel so stupid for how I handled this whole case. And yeah, my takeaway from it is look deeper, look closer. Don't just read a headline essentially and go, oh, yep, that's it. <laughs> that yeah, person's uh, out. <laughs> I'm sure at the same time, though, uh, the it was still developing at the time. Not everything was coming out. It was much later on until they eventually found out that it wasn't true. Yeah, so follow the developments. Because I didn't. I did not even follow the developments. I just went, that's it. (laughs) (laughs) Ah, you cancel culture, mother. (laughs) Let's talk about their success in Nippon, Japan. Uh, Right. I believe I said Nippon. I cringed so hard. (laughs) Why did you say Nippon? Nippon. (laughs) Nippon or Nippon? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> they debut at number ten in Japan, which impressive for a Korean group, especially in two thousand and seven when social media wasn't quite what it was, with the song Kokoro. And then they chart number nine and then four, so they gain momentum in Japan. They really cement themselves as one of the top acts to follow. I feel uh, even their debut album it charted number twenty. And then their next album charts number 10 in two years. So in two years, they've gone 10 rows up the charts. This is impressive for a Korean group in Japan. But it's not quite, say, a Kara or a Girls' Generation. And <laughs> I, I can't help but feel, okay, this is going to be really quite mean. But I suspect oh, really? that at least half of this fame can be attributed to Hanayori Dango being super successful 
and also just the Hell You Wave in general, uh, spearheaded by TVXQ or Rain. Especially Rain. What are you talking about? <laughs> right? Like, I just feel like in an alternate universe where those groups didn't exist, Double S might not have taken on in Japan as successfully. And the reason I say that is they debuted at number 10. As, as if you could do that without already some sort of focus on Korea happening, culturally, I mean. Yeah, that's true. Uh, mm. You'd have to have you'd have to you'd have to be aware. Yeah, very aware, very mm. aware. Furthermore, to that point, these are super impressive numbers considering that time of music. Like in Japan, I looked up the top one hundred Oricon charting. So Oricon is like the major chart in Japan, like Billboard in the US. And I looked up the top one hundred for that year, two thousand and seven. You had huge names in Japan, in J-pop, releasing songs. Ayumi Hamasaki or Arashi, Akota Kumi, Utada Hikaru. I know some of these names, yes, yes. So it's amazing that S501 managed to debut at number 10 and still maintain that success with subsequent releases. I think that maybe that does speak a little bit to how good the songs were because they are pretty great. But yeah, I, I feel like Hell You Wave 100% is a factor there. I, I Here's the thing. I never really listened to Double S501. Uh, and a lot of times when I listen to K-pop, I steer a bit away from their Japanese releases because most of the time they're either a Japanese version of the Korean song or it's very uh, Japanese sounding, a very Japanese sounding song, but you have Korean singing it where I feel... Uh, I may as well just listen to J-pop, you know, Japanese music instead. In that regard, Double S 501 totally nailed that idea of let's have this quite Japanese style to try and market themselves in Japan because it's good business. At the time, Japan CD sales were pretty good. They weren't quite mid-late 90s level when CDs were the most popular format and were selling millions and millions of copies but still to chart number 10 in 2007 hundreds of thousands of cd copies were sold at let's say 15 to 20 dollars a piece you know it's a big money and japan they still continue to be the second largest market in the world so in regards to cds yeah uh, right, uh, buying, right buying cds right so that format is super popular even now yeah Things move anyway. slower over there, I guess. <laughs> well, I guess they like to have a physical copy because th those things can't be replicated and they become limited editions, possibly. So good Whereas on Double S for marketing that and being able to do well over there. That is impressive. That takes some work. But uh, yeah, How You Wave that's... was 100% still something that amped it up for them. They could ride that wave. Mm -hmm. and, and in regards to CD sales as well, I mean, that was during a point where the iPod was fresh in the market. I believe yes. iPod came... When did iPod come out? 03. So there, it... there'd been a few iterations, but it didn't quite take hold until later. So apparently the iPod line came out in 01, but... Oh, one, my I, mistake. 01, but I, I don't remember seeing the, the popularity of iPod really coming out until like 05? I agree. I fully oh, agree. Something like that. Yeah, About yeah. 05, yeah. It was when they were taking over. It's like they were taking over MP3 players. Yeah. I was still using MP3 player at the time. I moved from CDs, to the, from the CD player to the MP3 player. I still use an MP3 player. 
All right, it's 2020. I've got an MP3 player that's like 10 years old. I'm still using it. Cool, hipster. I don't, I don't bother with iPods. Nice, but the vintage hipster. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, boomer. <laughs> okay, so we've pointed out a couple factors that we attribute to SS501's success, such as CDs, such as riding the Howie wave. But let's go hypothetical. It's 2018, let's say, a couple years ago, and SS501 debuted. Do you think... They would be successful in this current iteration of K-pop, in this current climate of the world of music. So the way the way I look at Double S Five Hundred One now, first of all, I don't really listen to their music. There was only one song I listened to. I forgot about it already, so <laughs> that's gone. But Double S Five Hundred One, assuming that they uh, have their own style that they used, and you mentioned there was a, they had a Japanese style to it as well, especially mm. when they went to Japan. I would assume that that style is out of date. Out of, like 10 years out of date. So if they were to debut in 2018 with that style, it would not work because other groups have already done that style. They've done it a lot. They've mm. remixed that style to the point where there's nothing else you could really do with that style anymore unless you get really, really experimental. And even then, uh, their whatever their style is, which... I tried looking at Wikipedia, to, looking at their artistry, and I don't think it even mentions what style of their music is, other than the fact that it's K-pop. And I'm like, well, that doesn't help. I don't, is it R&B with K-pop and hip-hop and stuff? No, it doesn't say anything. So even even something like the uh, sources where I try to look for their style of music, their genre, doesn't give me anything. So for me, it just seems they would not succeed. The fact that they don't have mentions of their artistry and their styles and whatever will make it even harder for them to even debut. And if they did debut as Double S501 in 2018, the songs would be completely different. They'll be a completely different group altogether. That's what I think. I do agree to a certain point. I think that Double S501 have elements of other group styles and not quite their own style especially when you look at japan sure they went for a japan sound but it was trendy it was the trendy japan sound or the trendy even in korea is a little bit trendy with groups like tvxq and even super junior or or 2pm they sort of had elements of i just feel like the whole thing of double s501 their entire existence is two factors basically the momentum of how you wave established by SM, like Girls' Generation or Rain or Super Junior or TVXQ, Big Bang even later on, and the success of Hana Yori Dango just seemed to be what propelled them into a group that we're talking about in 2020. <laughs> yeah, I'm guessing, I'm guessing during that period as well, Korean dramas were really, really making numbers out there. They were doing so good. And there were other groups out there that failed, that didn't do what Double S could manage to do, which is why they're so amazing. Like, they managed to break out. But in this current climate, I reckon they'd just be part of the K-pop wave. Like, they just sort of fade into the sea of K-pop that's coming out all the time. Uh, Because, well, I'm assuming they wouldn't partake in a drama that they broke out with. So if they didn't, Nah, I think they just fade away. 2020, does anyone care about SS501? Does anyone care about SS501? So my first question is, who's SS501 again? <laughs> exactly. At least in Australia, coming from an Australian K-pop fan's perspective, no one cares. It's sad, but 
No one cares. Here's well, what they no, might yeah. know. They might know Boys Over Flowers. In fact, most likely they do. But no one cares about the actual group S501. No one cares about their solo careers as far as I'm concerned. It's not talked about. Also, when you're getting into K-pop, especially in the early generations, like pre-2010s to the early 2010s, S501, for me at least, wasn't a name I noticed. The only names you notice are those without numbers in them. That's <laughs> <laughs> so like girls generate oh okay, so maybe maybe there at least there's at least one or two groups with name numbers in their names that work out perfectly fine, like two any one, right? But you know, you're, you're noticing twenty one and Big Bang, you're noticing Girls Generation, you're noticing Kara, uh, you're noticing Super Junior, Rain, big names, Boa even. Yeah, they but don't come don't... up in those conversations where it's like, hey, list 10 legends of that era of K-pop. S 501 never get a mention on any exactly. of those lists. Yeah, Exactly. Right. And, like, when you're getting into K-pop, you, you, you know those big names. Those are the names that you actually search up first if right. you want to get into something. You don't right. check out the, oh, the group that, that usually stick around at uh, rank 11 that occasionally break the top 10. That's a good point. You go for it. number one, number two. Yeah. Right. 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 Because they, they, they're meant to, it's meant to, it's so good of a track that it reaches the top, the peak right. of the chart. And mm. it's a, a perfect representation of the music industry in that country, in that genre at the, at the time. So that's a, uh, Double S501, who are they again? I all I know is Kim Hyun Jung, because that's the only person we talked about. Everyone else I don't know. <laughs> For this whole podcast. Alright, let's finish it off here. Double S501, or I'd say the least popular group we've done so far on how not to K-pop. If you enjoy our discussions on these smaller groups, let us know. Leave a review on Apple Podcasts. Comment on YouTube. Comment on the WordPress page, which also has our sources for this episode. DM us. Slide into our Instagram DMs at Prod. However you prefer, let us know. I'm Sean. That's Henry. Yay. This is How Not to K-Pop. Till next time. Yay. (laughs) (laughs) The more you know.